Welcome to Good Morning Birdies, a KAC podcast. Good morning, birdies. Uh, my name is Curry Cheeseboro. I'm your host and the creator of this podcast uh, of the same name as my greeting. I uh, greet you, my audience, which this being my only, let's see, second, uh, only my second uh, episode, I believe my audience will be, uh, let's see, carry the three, one or two of you. Um, but, you know, with a bit of popularity and positive word of mouth, I expect this to grow to like, you know, uh, dozens of people over the course of time. Uh, this is an extension or re-thinking uh, of a little sort of innocuous thing I used to do on Facebook when I was up earlier than most people, and I would share my random thoughts in the morning. Uh, it was a sort of coffee uh, wake-up call for me uh, and a way to get my brain started as well as my mouth. Um, and now I decided I want to do this in podcast form because, uh, I don't know, I'm possibly full of myself. And as such, I wanted to give this a bit more thought and at least come into uh creating these podcasts with a particular, not just topic in mind, but a sort of editorial as well. Um, and I do have one. I was actually inspired by uh, the show The Crown on Netflix. The uh, The show called The Crown on Netflix is in its third season. And for those of you who don't know, it actually follows the early um, lifestyles and, uh, you know, going-ons with Queen Elizabeth uh, of the United Kingdom and her husband, a lot more about her, well, not more than her, but more story about her husband uh, than expected, especially the last two seasons. Um, and it's a very interesting uh, uh, story as well, especially watching the first season. First of all, the show is so excellently acted that uh, Olivia Coleman, who I think is a, you know was great in The Favorite and great in Fleabag, uh, just recreates a whole new character she's unrecognizable like you can't even tell that people are acting you actually buy the uh characters as they are except for uh, helena bonham carter who is just so recognizable you see her but she's just as excellent uh, in her role as Catherine, the sister um and and so a brief history lesson uh curious of course of at first is that queen elizabeth became queen at 25 years old and was crowned coronated at 27 she is now 93 years old, and her oldest, her firstborn, her oldest son, Charles, uh, we all know as Prince Charles, is 71 years old. He actually turned 71 in November, uh, which means that he'll eventually be like the oldest king to assume the British throne from his mother, Queen Elizabeth II. She's the second Queen Elizabeth. Um, but that's a long time, considering that his mother became queen at 25, and he's 71, and mom's still, like, kicking and ticking and, like, you know, and that's, like, the most patient prince ever. And you know he's, like, trying to keep in shape because, God forbid... You know, he doesn't want his mother to die, of course, but he also wants to live long enough to at least take the throne for a day. So I'm sure he's, like, working out and, and maybe someone got him a Peloton bike. Who knows? Um, but I feel for the guy. I, th I think he actually has a record for longest, like, king uh, in waiting. Um, so uh, I just, but, you know, I'd, I don't know who to root for there because I don't want Queen Elizabeth to die. I think it's great that she's queen. He's got some other executive duties, of course. She may, uh, she can resign from her job. I don't know if you knew that. That. She can resign from being queen, uh, and then he would not become king then. He would just become prince regent. Uh, she would have to abdicate the throne completely to have her son then become officially King Charles. Uh, and every time I say King Charles, I think of the rap song that really is the first rap song uh, on the radio and not Rapper's Delight, as a lot of people might have you believe. Um, 
What was great about the other thing, and more importantly, the great thing about the episode that I just watched, it was the episode in which a uh, television crew wanted to do a documentary uh, on the royal family who believed that they were being misrepresented. Uh, Prince Philip, the Queen's husband, said that they really should get paid more. Um, and then the public, of course, who pay their salaries were like, well, you have this life of opulence and you have all these palaces. And so, like, how dare you say that? And so Prince Philip thought, well, let them see what we are like when we are, you know, diligently working and doing the business of the country and uh, and so and of the whole United Kingdom. And it kind of backfired on them. Uh, but there was, you know, because all people saw was like people you know, having barbecues on any of their 20 lawns in front of, like, either two palaces in their horse-drawn carriages and manservants and the like. But the interesting part was the very meta part where they were watching themselves, the royal family watching the documentary of themselves uh, and trying to imagine themselves being people at home watching the royal family. And that reminded me as I was watching it that it might be a rare thing that... The royal family, you know, Queen Elizabeth is still alive. And so it's odd to watch her, you know, to think of her watching this show that is kind of a, I don't know how much is fiction and how much is based on a true story. Like, I don't, I can't remember many biographies where the biography was written. It might have been written while the person was still alive, but it's, you know, I can't keep a story straight when it's told by three people within five minutes. I can't tell you I can recollect my life from a year ago, five years ago. I have things that stick with me, but it's all very piecemeal. And we live at a time now where there's cameras everywhere. Everything happens in real time. We have, do you know, scores, hundreds of, like, news sources. Some are more accurate than others. Most of them skew with a bit of uh, subjectivity. And so we have no real sense of history as it's occurring now. Uh, and that makes me think, well, if we can't even keep track of history, what's going on now in the, country, in the country and in the world, how much can I trust the histories of history books going back hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years, right? A, a lot of it was written probably from an editorial subjectivity. Uh, you know, things are recounted from person to person, and we don't have, like, internet where it's, like, second by second. I can tell you a story about what happened here, and someone's got to go by, you know, mule back you know, and go across the desert for weeks to tell the story to someone else, and it's like the telephone game. And so it's kind of like odd as we recount, we watch TV shows and movies that deal with other people's histories. I think how accurate could I, who have lived my history, even represent my history? If I had 10 friends of mine who would tell you anything about me, they would probably tell you 10 different stories about me, and they could probably present 10 different ideas of who Carrie Cheeseboro is. There are people who think I can do no wrong, and there are people who think that I've never done anything uh, right. There are people who say they would do anything in the world for me, and there are people who, rightfully so, would never speak to me ever again. And so even with history, I realized that, you know, history can't be 100% factual. Uh, and fiction is often sometimes, you know, uh, based in a modicum of truth. It's sourced from the truth. And so I, I think there's a bit of malleability between as the history and fiction, right, aren't completely black and white. Uh, and, and so to that regard, I realized that history is just uh, a, a summation of crowning achievements, let's say, whether they be good or bad, positive or negative. And um, fiction is just an interpretation uh, of reality, reality that we can't even remember objectively ourselves about our own life. Um, do you know? And for me, so chock full of 
defining moments of crowning achievements, good or bad, that I alone could never do it objectively accurate justice. And here's the thing. I watched this episode this morning, so this is how my head works in the morning. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm being very sort of a psycho meta psychotic. I don't know what, what the word is. Um, but it's just, for me, it was just very interesting to go from that to like thinking like, I can't even tell you right now, like accurately tell you what happened in the last 24 hours of my life. I'd have to come from some subjectivity of what I chose to remember of how I chose to see a situation. And it's all one-sided anyway. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on the, the, the not big, huge whole difference between history, you know, and fiction. Uh, I think there's one in a bit of, of the other, not just in great historical figures, but in each of ourselves. Um, and with that thought, <laughs> you can get on the train. Here you have your morning coffee with that rolling around in your head. I will bid you adieu until I uh, see fit to find something that is at least remotely interesting to me and might be to you to share with you. So until then, have a great, great day, and I'll talk to you sooner than later. Thank you for your time and attention and your patience.